welcome. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks to Alan, who's going to be our guest host tonight. This is Bespoke. I'm Pav Bryan, uh, Performance Director at Spokes. Like I say, delighted to welcome our mental fitness advisor, uh, mental fitness coach to Evo Pro Racing Team, Alan Heary. Alan, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Pav. Look, thanks a million for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, let's just jump straight in. Um, I'm going to do a bit of housekeeping. Anybody that wants to ask a question during, uh, during this uh, live podcast, uh, please feel free to do so um, by clicking on the chat button at the bottom and uh, just uh, sending me or the group a message and I'll try to, to get that sent out. Uh, we have got very generously, Spokes and Alan have uh, provided three goal-setting modules from his Going in the Zone uh, course, uh, which will be given away to people who are staying, listen to the, watch the whole thing at the end. So uh, I'll jump straight in, Alan. Alan, tell me, what is mental fitness coaching, please? Okay, so the, probably the easiest way to describe it is if you're a coach. So as a cycling coach, when you take a client on, you look to see how we develop the five S of strength and your speed and your suppleness and your skill and your stamina. With mental fitness training, we look to develop uh, components like concentration and confidence and commitment and control and courage. And so in the same way that you take the five components and you'll design the program, so you test to see you know, what the endurance or the stamina is like, and then you design the program based around that to improve it, we test how you are in things like concentration or, or confidence or commitment. And so that we then can design a training plan around that. So if you think of it like a training system, it's just a training system for the mind in the same way that when you're designing a coaching program, it's a coaching program for the bottom. That's basically the easiest way to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, how did you get into this? How did you get into this? Tell us a little bit about back, background. Uh, Okay, so 1989, so that's not yesterday. Um, so 1989. I was three, just to put that out there. <laughs> 1989, I got into the fitness training. I'm absolutely obsessed with performance. So I was uh, doing a lot of physical training. I was working in gyms. I was personal training people. And then I took on an, uh, to own my own gym. But I actually went to a stage show one night in hypnosis. And uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen a stage show in hypnosis and you get people running around like chickens and stuff. But this guy was hypnotized and told, when you hear this piece of music, you'll think you're Rocky Balboa. And so I the tiger comes on, the guy starts shadow boxing, and then he gets down and he starts doing one-arm press-ups and then starts switching from one arm to the other. Now, everybody's laughing, and all I'm thinking is, oh, my God, if I take this and I do this with my athletes, can I make them believe that they are the Rocky Balboas? And the answer is, yeah, but unfortunately, you have to have the skill. So I can hypnotize my granny. I can put her into the ring against Mike Tyson, but chances are she's still going to lose. Um, so I started to study things like uh, hypnotherapy and NLP, and I became obsessed then with how the mind actually works. And I ended up selling my gym, going back to college for four years, and doing sports science and health, and, uh, and focusing a lot in, in the psychological training. So that's kind of the, the short version of that. And I was really lucky then, as part of the sports science, to go to the Australian Institute of Sport and do some work in Australia to see how they also develop teams and individuals. And so, as I say, I became uh, really fascinated about the mind and how the mind affects the body. And that's, that's kind of what got me into it. It's fantastic. I mean, you've told me this story quite a few times and it really, really sort of opens my eyes and makes me excited. You, you, I, as you well know, I'm very much into sort of how I approach uh, mentality in my coaching, but you're, you're next level and I love learning from you because uh, 
it, it's just fascinating. It really, really does open my eyes. So as, as I said earlier, what, what, what's your role with uh, pro teams like Evo Pro Racing? Okay, so the role, so, okay, so I'm going away with Evo Pro in three weeks' time. Well, we're going over to China, and they're, so they're competing in the Tour of Qinghai. They're away for three weeks. And my role there is to speak to the guys beforehand, uh, look at what their goals are going into the event, not just their goals in terms of winning and losing or winning stages, but their goals in terms of performance. What will they be happy with when they walk away at the end of it? And so we take that and we look at the goals that they have, and then I'll monitor things like, what their confidence is like going into it, or self-belief. Uh, sometimes what can happen is you can have, uh, somebody will have a, a bad crash in a day, and it's how we recover going into the next day. Because as you know, these things can kind of play in your mind a little bit. So some of the work might be along the lines of that. And so that's a, a lot of the psychological training is just chatting to guys on a daily basis. But I also use a lot of imagery and visualization. Uh, so with most of the athletes, you know, if you get somebody coming in, We'll do a visualization session of what they want to see happen the next day or, or from a recovery point of view. We can use that relaxation or visualization to, help to aid with recovery. And so that's the main part of the job. But as you know, when you're away with pro teams, you end up doing things like you know, making sure the bottles are put, the bombs, you're handing out bottles on the side of the road. So it's really cool. You're, you're actually getting to do a lot of the, the stuff that uh, you see in the, in the big tours. So, yeah, so that's, that's my, my, my biggest role with these guys. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, I'm like, very jealous of, uh, very jealous. I'm very jealous of that. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, uh, can you give me just like, uh, the, does everybody buy into this? Does do you, everybody that you've like that you speak to? Do they do they always? Because that that for me, that's the biggest objective that I've had when I've introduced people that uh, coaching clients. That is to the mental performance side of training. Is that not everybody really like wants to take it seriously? So, what would what, what's your experience along that? I think that's a great question, Pav, to be honest. Uh, you're right. Uh, I'll give you an example. So I work with a lot of professional boxers and footballers and stuff. But I think uh, one of the funniest ones I had was I was asked by a football team uh, to come in and start working with this squad. So I was asked by the manager to come in. And as I was walking to the front of the room, I heard two guys talking and they were saying, God, have we gone that bad now that we need a shrink? to come in and work with us. And of course, that's not what it is. So you're trying to explain to people that what you're actually doing is training. And so sometimes what happens as well is you might get a manager that will call me up and say, can you come in and talk to the guys on Friday night? We have a championship game on Sunday. Or can you come in and, and motivate somebody on a Friday because they have a big uh, cycle event or a sportif on Sunday and what we can do. And you're trying to explain to them that actually I can do that, but ideally what you're looking at is the development of the, the mental fitness. And also the other thing as well, Pap, you know, people will say to you, oh, it's all in the mind. You know, it's 90% in the head. And you go, okay, well, how much time are you spending on your physical training? How much time are you spending on your nutrition? And how much time are you spending writing down your goals, uh, looking to improve your confidence, uh, doing stuff like uh, visualization, working on your, your self-talk, and doing those things that develop mental toughness or mental fitness? And they look at you like you have two heads. And you're going, so you're telling me that you think a lot of your sport is in your mind, and yet you spend the majority of your time doing other things rather than that. And now I will say on that as well, Pat, you know, you'll have people say, oh, it's all in the mind, there's 90% in the head. That is not true. Um, you know, you can certainly improve 10 to 15% with people, which is still a large number. Look how much money we spend on a set of wheels uh, to try and get an extra percent. Uh, so it, you can certainly improve by 10 to 15%, but let's put it like this, right? You put you and I on the road, and we're going to climb a mountain. 
even you on your worst day, man, like even you, and you might say, oh, I don't feel like it today. I'm not into it. My confidence is not great. And I'm coming out going, this is the best day I've ever had. I feel amazing. I feel really confident. You're still going to kick my ass uh, going up that mountain. So, of course, there's a lot in the physical. Uh, but when it comes to the mental side, then uh, it's about the training. And the last thing I'll, I'll make a point from this, you'll have some people that they think they have to have a problem before they come to see me. So they think it, it's got to be something like, oh, well, if I have a crash or if my confidence is low. And it's not like that at all. What we do is we build teams around individuals. So it's good to have your coach, your nutritionist, your mental fitness, your bike fitting. And so you're building this team of people around you to make your overall performance better. And that's where uh, we tend to fit into it. So I, I, I like that. You know? That's the way I like it. Uh, absolutely and that's kind of what our foundation at spokes is and why i'm delighted to have you as one of our specialist and sort of advisors to us we have the we have the team of coaches we have a team of great nutritionists and then we have our specialists like yourself uh will who's also on the call who's our wellness and uh, lifestyle uh consultant and then we've got our dna specialist dr dan reardon and we'll get on a, a webinar at some point so yeah totally agree performance really is holistic it's like if you if you neglect one of those elements you're just not going to reach the, your full potential so 100% agree with you there Al. um right so uh let's move this on um for the people on the, on the, on live now and for the people who are watching this later on the podcast who might have their events coming up you got some top tips that uh, people could like tidbits or nuggets that you could share with us about how they should prepare for their events mentally. Yeah. So, okay. I, I mentioned earlier on, we've we're actually organizing a, a bike event, a sportif in the Wicklow mountains. It's 200 kilometers, um, 120 miles up over the, the Wicklow mountains. So we have that going on on Sunday. We've got 3000 riders. And so what I would be all of us advising people coming into a sportif, if you really want to feel confident on the start line, the one thing that develops confidence more than anything is preparation, to be prepared. And so there are certain things, you know, when we look at goal setting, we'll talk about that in a moment. You know, what are the things that can go wrong? And so what I tend to say to people, if you're going into a sportif or into a race, doesn't matter which, you have to be clear about what you want to achieve in it. You know, not just uh, times and that, but what would you like to come away with and say, gosh, I achieved that. That was a great result for me. So that's number one, is to actually sit down and decide what it is that would be a really good event for you. Uh, number two, check your bike as part of the preparation. You know, bring it into a mechanic. You know, just like, you know, you go out the road and you get a puncture because you haven't changed tires in a while. So I always check the bike. The other thing that happens as well is people say, well, uh, they go to an event and they've forgotten to bring their shoes. And I've seen this, you know, I can guarantee, 100% guarantee you that at the event on Sunday, there will be somebody coming up, uh, is there anywhere I can buy a helmet? Uh, or is there anywhere I can buy a set of shoes? There's always going to be that. And so what I say to people is, to, to stop that from happening, create your list. Write down everything you're gonna bring with you to give you the best advantage. So write down everything from your food, your equipment, tick it all off. Uh, before you know when you actually pack pack the night before so that you're ready for uh, the next day that's really important because when we get anxious and we do and i don't care how much training you've done you know what this is like you know the night before you still have those doubts you still got the butterflies in the tummy and so what happens when we get anxious sometimes is we forget to do the basics the simple stuff so we go back to the simple stuff write out your list 
check it, uh, make sure it's good. Have your strategy for your food. So create what your routine is going to be. This is again, as a coach, you're going to be advising people on this. You know, you're going to eat every 45 minutes. You're going to start drinking 15 minutes into it. You're going to sip it for some people. Uh, what I might advise is put a little dot somewhere on your handlebars uh, or, or a couple of words in the handlebars just to remind you to do it. Uh, I, I've done race across America. So anyone who doesn't know race across America is 3000 miles on a bike uh, goes 24 hours a day. And so we were doing it as a team, uh, as a relay. And one of the things that I put in place was I had a strategy for my food and my water and, and the liquids I was taking. And so I stuck that up in a seat. So every time I got back into the car, it was right there in front of me. And so it meant that I could see drink water, eat food. And the guys that were with me, they were, they were going, why are you doing this? Like, you're the sports scientist. You should know this stuff. But the problem is, again, when we get a little bit anxious, we forget to do the basic stuff. And so this was a great way of me being reminded to do that. So get your strategy right. Know what your strategy is going to be and do something to remind you. Get there early. Always get there early. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree with you, man. I like, as, you, as it's not a similar sort of thing when I did Route 66 last year and it's, it's not long before your brain turns to, to mush really yeah. from fatigue so having it having what is essentially something that you think that you should know it written out as an idiot's guide is a no-brainer and i just like to point everybody uh, on the call or listening to the podcast they can go to spokes.fit and then click on blog and then search for uh, there's a couple of guides on there if you've got uh, an event or a, a cycling holiday we've got downloadables on the website you can just uh click download print or whatever tick it off like al says so that you never forget an item i'll be uh, the, i'll be honest and say that yep i have got to a time trial before and i have forgot my shoes and i tell you what that's probably why that list got created <laughs> and it never happened again but that's a brilliant suggestion i would definitely do that and then you know after that then is really just to uh, know what the course is going to be and break it down, break the course down in your mind as regards, you know, I just need to get to this point, I need to get to this point. So you're not always thinking about the finish line, you're actually thinking about let's get through this kilometer or this mile, let's get through the next mile, let's get through the next mile. And so we break it down in, in, in that way and I think it makes it a lot easier. So they would be the main things, it's actually preparation. When you arrive on the day then, there's a sense of confidence. You know that you're as prepared as you can possibly be and that actually makes you much, much more uh, mentally prepared for your event. Yeah, absolutely. No, some good, good takeaways there. Um, just going to throw this out to the audience before we move on. Is there anybody with an event coming up maybe or a and they have a question about that? You can either send it quickly on the chat or if you want to just raise your hand and I'll unmute you and you can ask Al. Ah, Sharon, can I just unmute you? Sharon has got a question. So um, I have my very first a uh, hundred kilometer ride coming up this Sunday. Oh, wow. And I've been vacillating between feeling okay and feeling terrified. Yeah, I, that's completely normal. <laughs> I, I have professional cyclists who will give you the exact same thing. I've got a bike race coming up and even with their experience, they're going, you know, just feeling normal and, and feeling. Thing. What I would say to you is whenever you think to yourself that you're feeling nervous about the events at the weekend, change the word nervous to excited. It's the same physiological response. So whenever you're coming into the event and you feel the heart rate's going up a little bit, and you're breathing slightly all over, and you go, oh, my God, you go, wow, this is great. I'm really excited about this. It's the exact same feeling. So from a physiological point of view, if you're feeling nervous, heart rate's going up, breathing rate becomes a little bit rapid, muscles tense up, 
And it's the exact same thing when you're excited. So going into the event and going, gosh, this is great. I'm really excited about this. And the preparation that we talked about, just making sure that your lists are there and, and uh, having that, that will actually be a big help for you as well. Are you going with a couple of people or are you going on your own? Unfortunately, I'm going alone. Everybody bailed on me. <laughs> I don't think that's unfortunate at all. <laughs> because to be honest, it means you can go at your own pace. And there's going to be loads of people there with different abilities. And what you do is you just go at your own pace and you just fit in with the people around you and just chat to people and actually enjoy the whole experience. That's the big thing to take away from it. You know, and so it's going to be a great learning experience. And I think that's the big thing. But once you go into it and you look at it, gosh, I'm excited about this. Uh, be prepared and uh, just enjoy it. If you find it's getting a little bit tough sometimes, just get yourself to the next kilometer. Just, it's just another kilometer. It's just another kilometer. You're going to have an epic ride, no doubt, Sharon. Is that, does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. Thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you for the question. I'm just going to um, mute back on. So I'm just going to move this on, Alan. Um, as as everybody that sort of is aware, the main subject that I wanted to talk about today, and some people are sort of questioned why we're talking about goal setting right now. And it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan, and I know you are as well. The people that are meeting their goals if they've got one maybe this is just to bring Sharon up she's got one this weekend maybe uh maybe there's a few people like I've got a guy doing transatlantic way this week there some people are at the point where they're at their events are done um it's probably for me the perfect time if not already to to start goal setting would you agree yeah 100% what tends to happen is people set their goals at the start of the year and they write them out and then they put them in a drawer somewhere and then they don't see them for the rest of the year when in actual fact, you're setting goals for each and every event that you're doing. So exactly what Sharon's doing. So Sharon's going into the event this weekend, and uh, she'll have some goals in terms of what you want to achieve from a performance point of view. Not just a certain time or whatever, but actually performance, um, you know, and breaking it down in that way. So the way that I do goals is slightly different to what a lot of people do. Whenever anybody hears about goals, and this is one of the reasons why people, when they hear about goal setting, throw their eyes up to heaven. It's because Anytime you see anyone talking about uh, mental fitness, whether it's in business or in sport, the goal setting thing comes in. But the problem is that it's mentioned so often that people actually forget the importance of it. So you'll hear people talk about goals as in smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Forget that crap. I don't do any of that. I don't look at that at all. I'll tell you the way that I'm going to do this because it's much more action-bound. We sit down and again, um, you know, on the, the course that we have there, and I know a couple of people will be on to, to do this. I have the, the what, the why, the why not, and the how. So let's take Sharon, for example, the what. So she's going to sit down and you look and, and decide what it is that you want to achieve this week. And it might be something like, I want to finish. I want to actually get around. I want to have a little bit of fun with it. All right. Or I want to do it in a certain time. And so that's the what, the why. Why? What, the purpose is really important. Why do you want to do it? What is it going to give you? And you might say, well, it's going to give me a little bit of confidence. It's going to feel great. You know, that I, I actually feel like I've accomplished something. So that might be the why. And then I come on to the thing where people say to me, you know, for a performance uh, psych guy, you're, you're one of the most negative people I've ever met. And the reason why they say this is because of that next section. The why not? What are the challenges? What are the things that's going to get in your way of you accomplishing that? So it might be uh, things like, well, the, the bike might be an issue. Well, I'm sure that Sharon has uh, the bike sorted out at this stage. You know? And so we, we put down a list of the why nots, 
the obstacles. And then the next column is the how. What action can you take to overcome uh, those obstacles or, or uh, those things? And so one of them might be, well, I might bonk. In other words, I might run out of energy. Well, if you have your strategy, so you write down what your strategy is going to be, uh, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to take in these calories at a certain time, that allows you then a, a good, strong action plan. So you will have those challenges. So this is how I do it. And then even if you take your goals from uh, this, the start of the year, it's the exact same process. What do you want to achieve? I want to do certain events. I want to do them in a certain time. I want to do this particular event. Why? What is it going to give you? And why not? I don't have time. I don't have time to train. Well, okay, let's look at time and uh, come up with some actions under the how. You know, what can we do to overcome that? Well, it might be that I'll actually, you know, switch the TV off in the evening and spend a half an hour in a turbo instead. Or, and so we create an action plan. That's why I think the way that, you know, I set goals in this way is a little different. No different for the Evo Pro lads going to China. You know, I'll sit down with them and say, what do you want to achieve? Why? What's it going to give you? What are the obstacles? What are things can go wrong? And what are the, the hows? What are we going to put in place? in order to overcome it. And I think that's the, probably the best way uh, for me that I found with all my clients, whether it's in business or in, in cycling or sport, where we actually set out uh, the goals in that way. So that's probably the quickest way to describe it, but that's what I would be doing. Fantastic, fantastic, man. Um, let's talk about someone other than Evo Pro. Mm. So, um, who have you got? Who's a really good shining example? I know you spoke about some uh, boxers that you're working with. Yeah, the, the, first, um, the first world champion I ever worked with uh, was back in 1998. It was a guy called Steve Collins. And uh, he fought a boxer at the time called Chris Eubank uh, to win the world title. And uh, with him, funny enough, one of the first questions I asked him, which is, again, you, know, you do this in terms of the goals, is I sat down with the guy and I said, so um, what happens if you lose? And he said, what? What happens if you lose? You might lose. And he went, well, I, I can't think of losing. Well, that's what we do. You will think of losing. We all have doubts. If you tell me you don't have any doubts, you're either delusional or you're lying. Through your, you're lying. And so we all have those doubts. So, so what we did in that, certain, in that circumstance, we go, so what are you going to do if you lose? And he said, well, if I lose, or if it doesn't go well, I'm going to fight the guy again. I'm probably going to make a little bit more money on the next one. I get back into the gym training. I find out what, I, I, what went well and what I need to change. And so we can do that with all performance. And so what I would suggest is like even now, I feel really old because that was what, back in 98? I'm now working with his son. And you were asking earlier on about, uh, the, uh, about people, you know, the psychology coming in and not telling anybody that they're using a the psychologist. It's much better now than it was back then. Like he introduced me to the national TV as his speech therapist um, because at the time he didn't want anyone to really know that he had this guy on. Now these guys who are retired or coaches at that time, uh, or sorry, there were athletes at that time and now coaches are calling me up and saying, can you work with my 16-year-old or my 17-year-old or I have an athlete coming through and I want you to teach them what you taught me when it was late in my career. And so... Uh, from a boxing point of view, there's no difference. I sit down with a boxer and we say, what do you want to achieve? Now, what happens in this case is with boxing, you'll have one-on-one. -on -one. So they, they look at you and go, well, obviously I want to win. Yeah, but that's not a good enough goal because we can't control it. You can't control winning. 
All right, so we, we can't control that. So what, what can you control? Well, I'd like to go in and be able to throw more shots than I've done before. Or I'd like to be able to perfect that jab, to get that jab going. And, or I'd like to have more energy as the rounds go on. And so what we do then is we look at the why. why what are they going to gain from this particular fight? And then the obstacles, what are the things that might get in the way? And so you, you're starting to list those things. And anything that's uncontrollable, that's outside of your control, you, you put to one side. So in the cycling terms, you might say, well, the weather. Well, you can't control the weather. But you can control how you feel about the weather or the actions you're going to do. So it doesn't really matter what sport. From a goals perspective, it's the same thing. I'm sitting down with the box of what do you want to achieve? And then after the fight as well, we're sitting down and we're saying, I have three questions for you. What went really well? Give me three things that went really well for you in that performance. And this is no different to somebody who's doing a sportif uh, this weekend. So after the sportif, I will be sitting down. So tell me what went really well for you. Three things that you took away. Wow, that was great. What didn't go so well? In other words, what do you need to improve? And what did you learn? And so we'll take that and we'll move it forward. Now, again, you know, you're, you're talking about working with uh, the athletes. And so when I start, say, with a cyclist, top cyclist, and I say, okay, um, we're going into uh, first event of the year. And I sit down and I ask them that. And then uh, recently I had a guy who won, uh, came away with a bronze medal in the World Championships on the track. And everybody's going, wow, congratulations, that's fantastic. And I did the same. And then the very next day I went, give me three things that went really well for you in that race. Now give me three things that you're going to improve. And what did you learn? And so it's getting that mentality of everything we do is a learning process. Every event you do, you're looking to see, what did I learn from that? And you know, Pav, that when somebody comes away from the event and they sit down with you, this is what you want to know as a coach. Because you're constantly, this is what makes you so good, is your ability to say, okay, let's adapt, let's change the program matching the results that you got at the weekend. And so you make those changes. And I think that's really important to understand. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you from a, from a coaching point of view. Um, obviously, depending on how, uh, how the uh, result has gone for the athlete, but the, the sooner the better really for that post-event post sort of review. I, I mean, nobody likes to talk about it when it doesn't go your way, especially when it's taken out of your hands. If you've done everything that you could possibly do and you had a good day and everything went right and you still didn't win, you're in a better place than when loads of things go wrong for you and you're ruining it. Can I give you an example of that recently, Pav? I had a guy fight for a European title and uh, he's fighting in the other guy's hometown, which is never easy to win. And so he goes in now. Um, I'm working the corner and I, I'm looking at the guy. And, I, and honestly, everybody said it all over Twitter and everything. He definitely won. Our boxer definitely 100% won. And I know people say that, but he really did. He won this thing. And the uh, points were given to the other guy. And so he was interviewed immediately afterwards. And so the guy shoved the, the thing under his nose and he went, tell me about that. You must be really disappointed. And he goes, well, to be honest, I'm disappointed. But I'll tell you something. That was the best performance I've ever put in. For me, it was a great performance, and I needed that performance. And so he, he talked only about the performance, and that's the sign of somebody that's really mentally strong, is you take away the, the highs and the lows of what did I learn from that and what am I going to take into the next event. And I think that's really important. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's quite a few people that are listening now, either live or afterwards on the podcast, that can relate to that, that have had a really bad result and uh, come away quite, quite like depressed or disappointed by that. What would be your advice to somebody listening to the call that just heard what you said and thinks, man, I'm, I'm not mentally strong based on that? What can they do to change that? Yeah, I mean, one of the things is looking at the goals uh, going into it. So I don't set one goal. So, you know, Sharon might have one goal for the weekend. I want to finish, but actually we break it down. Uh, you know, the goals are performance related. Uh, did you eat when you were supposed to eat? Did you drink when you were supposed to drink? What was your confidence like? What was your concentration like? You know, uh, what was your confidence in the bunch like? Uh, so there's lots of little things within that. So you're not just looking at one. But that takes a little bit of training um, to actually sometimes get to that point. Now you're talking about, uh, so if, a, if an athlete has a really bad performance, and so I've had this where a, a cyclist would have a really poor performance and the manager would come to me and go, oh, will you have a talk with him? And I go, no. And he goes, well, no, I mean, he's feeling really bad. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that, but now is not the time to talk to him. And so, you know, The Chimp Paradox is actually a great book. If I was going to recommend a book now, you might look at The Chimp Paradox, which is uh, Steve Peters' book, uh, who worked with the Sky uh, Cycling Team. And he talks about, uh, you know, managing this chimp and the chimp is jumping up and down and going nuts. It's basically our emotional side. And so it's how we have to calm that down. And sometimes you have to wait until the chimp goes asleep to be able to talk to the logical part and say, well, okay, now we're, we're talking to the human part or the logical part. Now tell me about the experience, what, what went really well, what needs to be changed. And, and so I wouldn't tend to rush in uh, ever. Uh, you, you learn that the hard way uh, right at the start. Um, so, yeah, you, you wait a little bit and you let them calm down on it. It's not always easy for an individual, but it is training. I can, uh, I can tell you from uh, first-hand experience of things not going my way on Route 66 that the people <laughs> that were around me there probably, probably were uh, a very bad, like a very big apology from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it works, you know? It's not pleasant, but you know, like as I say, the thing is as well. Like as a coach, we're building we're building relationships, aren't we? That's the thing. We're we're all we're building relationships with our clients, and usually we like I I have a lot of people who I'm pretty sure pay me just because I'm there to to be their therapist. I'm a very cheap therapist in some respects. Like they they have a bad they have a bad day and they need someone to vent. And it's very interesting how that you kind of do fulfill that role as a as a very like as a coach, you do become that. Yeah, but as a coach, so I coach coaches, and I know you're really good at this. You're very good at listening. You don't just jump in with advice. You actually mm -hmm. listen to the individual. You see where the issues were, and then you make the adaptations based on that. And so I think that's an important thing to understand. So you, you know that role very well. And yeah, sometimes if an athlete just has a, a bad performance or a cyclist has a bad performance, they, you don't really, they know what they did wrong. They don't really need someone to tell them immediately what it is. So they're verbalizing it out. And you're sitting back and you're just listening. But you are actively listening to it. And uh, they work it out in themselves. Yeah. Uh, absolutely that that's the mark of a of a good coach is yeah not forcing that advice on them i've i've obviously worked with uh and been around lots of coaches in my life and you can you can almost immediately tell them tell most of them because like the, the, the perfect example is your sort of like your, your school coaches isn't it your football coach soccer coach and stuff like that throughout life they're always offering advice aren't they they're, they're the first person to shout that advice and I think that there's there's probably probably a like an evolution on that now where actually coaching is more about like the input from the or the output the clients the client's input than it is the coach's input 
Yeah, but what you understand as well, Pav, and this is, I think, one of the most important things, is you understand that everybody's different. So everybody who's listening to this podcast right now will have different reactions to things. And so some people, when we talk about motivation, there are some people who are motivated towards reward, and there are other people who are motivated away from pain. And so our job, you know, from, even from the psychological part or as a coach, is to find out what actually works for that individual. And so you can do programs for groups, big groups of people, which are effective. But really, if you really want to be effective, you take on a coach at one-to-one and you build that relationship so you both know each other. And that way, then the changes are made to the program as you progress. And then when you want to add a little bit extra to that, like I want to improve my confidence uh, going into an event, or I want to reduce the anxiety because I get really nervous or I want to improve my confidence descending off a mountain, then you absolutely do uh, the techniques uh, that I have, uh, that I can teach or that you get on that course. And that's really important. Yeah, Absolutely. And on that, on that note, I think we are pretty much done. What I'm going to do is, uh, again, offer this out to the audience. Does the audience have any questions um, just to finish on, on our sort of last uh, subject of goal setting? Brilliant. You can send emails anyway, bang it over to me. <laughs> exactly. No questions. That's absolutely fine. But, but Alan's going in the zone um, uh, webinar. Co- uh, qualification is available via Spokes on the Spokes store. Now, I think we were going to offer a, uh, a, oh. an offer for anybody on the podcast. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of quickly unmute you, Paul, and I'm just going to ask you to uh introduce the offer please because i'm going to be honest and i've plum forgot <laughs> introduce the offer or select winners no i was i remember that i will select the winners but we said that we were going to do a discount weren't we on uh on alan's um going in the zone qualification um we did and i think uh i think we said in in terms of the whole package we would look yes. at a the goal setting. What did we say? We did say twenty five percent on. Yeah, fine. <laughs> well, we said twenty five percent. Now, so twenty five percent it is. Yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah, I promise everybody we are professionals. We know what we're doing. <laughs> look, we're not making it up this, as we go along. Yeah, we make this easy. All right. So you run the prize. I give away the first two modules uh, to whoever does it, and I'll tell you what. I'll throw in a thirty minute one to one session with that individual as well um so not just give out the goal setting but i'll actually go through the goal setting process with them if they need that so we'll work on that as well and as regards the your full course yes we'll absolutely do a 25 percent discount on that i don't think fantastic so we're gonna we're gonna draw we're gonna draw one winner of two modules is that what we're saying plus a 30 minute with alan no I'll do three and i'll do three 30 30 minutes. goes with each one yeah yeah i'll do i'll do it Sorry, for each one. okay Three then, three. So I'm going to have to, sorry, guys who are either coaches or part of spokes, I'm going to have to discount you from this. So we have got, that's nice and easy because we've actually had a couple of people drop off. So we've got two winners on here. I'm just making sure. Dave and Adam, you guys both win a a module, the open module goal setting with Alan and, uh, um and and a consultation so congratulations and thanks for watching through there's a few people here that probably probably shouldn't have dropped off in the last few minutes because one of them was guaranteed a win here (laughs) they should have done their goal setting a bit better al there you go it's all about concentration 
<laughs> Fantastic. So what I'm going to say, Dave, Dave and Adam, uh, feel free to email me and I'll, I'll arrange that. My email is pav at spokes.fit. Um, and uh, we will get that all arranged for you. So on that on that note, I just want to thank you, Al. That's been it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I mean, I as I said earlier, I love learning from you because you are working in an area which I genuinely believe sports coaching is going to head, and you're at that you're at the pinnacle of it. You're really leading it. So I I feel absolutely honoured to be next to you. And just remember, thank you. It's, it's not for the elite guys; it's for people of all levels, and that's what I would say. Exactly. I, I can't. I can't stress that enough. Anybody will benefit uh, benefit from this from from effective coaching. So, on that note, I'm just going to say thank you, everybody, for watching. Again, thanks, Alan. Uh, thank you, Sharon, for for the question and for being our sort of running example throughout. Fantastic, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm Pav Bryan, Performance Director here at Spokes. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Fair play.